Welcome to You Ought to Watch This Movie, the podcast about movies from the first decade of the 2000s, a.k.a. the aughts. Follow along and explore a movie from the aughts, getting unbridled opinions from two millennials. Sit back, relax, and enjoy one of the best decades in movies. One of the best decades indeed. (laughs) Hello, everyone. I'm... Miles and she's Colin. And usually we do the Colin and Miles show, but we have decided to do a podcast in somewhat professional order about movies from the 2000s, also known as the aunts, as you so uh, likely heard during the intro of this show. But uh, with that, is we're here for the first movie. Yes. And we are going to try to watch the movies in the order, like in the order that they were released to theaters. Chronologically. Yes, chronologically. Um, Don't hold us to it. No, but we're trying our best to do that. So our first movie uh, is Supernova, and it was released January 14th, 2000. Mm, yes, and it did not star Jensen Ackles as much as my eyes want to uh, believe. That wasn't your eye. Those uh, weren't your eye. You opened my eyes. <laughs> For reference, the uh, main character who is played by James Spader is a younger James Spader, not um, like um, uh, Robert California that you see in The Office or Bob uh, Kanakis uh, as he is in the final episode of The Office. Uh or the blacklist, but uh, he looks like Jensen Eccles, who plays uh, Dean from Supernatural, and yes. it is very eerie. It 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 was, and so besides James Bader, this also stars Peter Facinelli, and um, who we knew oh, so who we know from uh, Twilight as Carlisle. And um, also it had Robert Forster, who we know from Last Man Standing. He was the grandpa. Um, And then also William uh, Wilson Cruz, who is a doctor on Star Trek Discovery. So lots of people that we... um, we're familiar with. Yes, a much younger doctor from Discovery, indeed. <laughs> but he sounds the same. Yes, yes, he did. And uh, same personality. Yeah, was, uh, I guess his personality uh, transcends time. Yeah. So do we want to get into the synopsis? Or the w- first w- what segment, do you got for us? The first segment is we talk about the trailer. Ah, uh, yes. For, for every movie, we're going to watch the trailer and then um, put down our... An initial um, thoughts, thoughts, impressions, right. first impression. Do you want to go first? You can go first. Oh, okay. I just thought ladies first, you know. But, but. I've been talking a while, so. Oh, okay. Well, so Colin had me use this notebook so I could write down things and, uh, you know, like actual writing instead of typing in your phone. So my initial thoughts thought my overall thought after seeing the trailer and now my overall thought now that i'm looking at my notes is i left the second h out of thought <laughs> notwithstanding the improper spelling 
my overall thought is this was a movie at the end of the era where they were not at all concerned with scientific accuracy, but instead focused on entertainment value and sex appeal. Do you want me to explore that further or do you want to do yours and then we explore? I'll, I'll tell my impre- first impressions. So first of all, we're going to be tracking which trailers have voiceovers because it seems like that's a trend in, in the uh, uh Well, it, yeah, one that deteriorated on later on. We'll see, because we've seen some from the late aughts, too, that still have that. Yeah. So this had a voiceover, and then also it had, like... Well, I was trying to track if it had, like, current songs in the in the trailer, but this one did not really have, like, really current songs, so mm-hmm. I guess we don't need to talk about that but (laughs) um my first impression was this isn't a movie that i would watch based on the trailer but i wanted to see um james bader and peter facinelli like in it because of her office and twilight obsession well i'm not obsessed with the office but i mean they just, they looked so much younger and I was like, okay, I want to see it because I want to see them. And then also I thought it seemed campy from the trailer. All right. Now uh, explain campy to me again, because you've explained it before and I thought it was applicable, but I've slept since then. So, well, the definition is like, um, over-exaggerated or, um, ridiculously over-exaggerated, comically over-exaggerated, something like that. Okay, yes. Yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. But um, I kind of thought it seemed like a movie that would have like a cult following, maybe, and it seemed just a little campy. I don't know. Kind of like Twilight has a cult following? That's not the same. (laughs) Well, in the same sense, it's still... You know, it has a cult following. Mm. So, uh, well, I mean, uh, the sex appeal was definitely present during the uh, trailer. You know, was, uh, to say the least, and we'll get into here in a second. Oh, yes. But, and I think before we move further, because it's in my notes and I forgot to say it before. Okay. Um, this is rated PG thirteen, but no, it doesn't. well, it technically is. But we wanted to let you know if you have kids that we didn't. We thought that it had too much nudity to be a PG thirteen movie. So just be cognizant of that, and then maybe like view it before if you have kids. Yeah, I I wrote a note down. PG-13 question mark? Yes. I said, is this PG-13? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the standards I want to say have changed since, you know, the the aughts with, you know, just, I mean, it, 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 to say the least, it's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, spicy meets the ball. And I wasn't sure if anything... We saw like deleted scenes. I don't know if that was just exactly how people saw it in theaters. Um, 
Yeah, I, I would compare this to uh, late night. Um, no, as like maybe 75% of late night Skinamax back in the day. You remember <laughs> the one we walked into and Hank was watching? Or was it Paddington? This wasn't that. It was Hank. Oh, Hank. I Our think. cat, you know, has a uh, porn obsession, apparently. <laughs> uh, we were watching a movie earlier on, uh, or it was Showtime. We were watching Ray Donovan or something. I was watching. And uh, we walk in later because we fell asleep in the other room. And we see our cat, who literally has just joined us, uh, <laughs> sitting there, like, you know, on his haunches, looking at the TV desperately, like almost panting, looking at this sex scene uh, on, uh, you know, late nights uh, um, uh, showtime. And it was hilarious to say the least. It's like, Hank, how could you? Do you have anything to say for yourself, Hank? No? Okay. He's just perfect. I'm not even sure. I thought he, like, changed the channel or something, but we still have a video of that. Yes, we do. No, <laughs> no, it's... I want to say it was actually Homeland I was watching on Showtime. Oh. Yeah. Because that no, no, no. That ended before we were in South Carolina. Yeah, but they replayed it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> No, they did reruns. Well, anyways, so do you want to move uh, to what, a summary? Yeah. What do you got? Well, it okay. In the twenty second century, you've got to do it in your voice. In the twenty second century, a medical rescue ship with a crew of six responds to a distress call from a mining operation several thousand light years away. This. The movie follows the aftermath and the effects of that rescue mission. I think that's a quaint summary. Quaint? That's Ooh. kind of a euphemism for simple. Simple. Yeah, no, I like simple. Oh, well. Keep it simple, stupid. What you will not see is, uh, you know, a... <sighs> personality of laziness that you commonly see in a um, uh, podcast that rhymes with schmuckville. I don't think we should bring that up. And whose picture may not be in the frame right now. Well, some people might think we are being lazy, so... We are, but guess what? Each their own. Guess what? We're not a big movie star, so... Or a big TV star, so... Anyways. We're just having fun. Yeah. Having fun. That's the key ingredient to any good recipe. All right. So what what uh, I've had Colin map out our journey here today. So yeah. after the summary, what would you say our next thing to tackle is? Well, I guess our comments, unless we're going to give them a play-by-play, -play, which... I'm not sure we're going to do that. Well, um... Oh, and I was also supposed to tell you... <laughs> see, this... We're, we're learning, but it's in my notes to start by... I'm supposed to tell you, if you haven't seen the movie, to pause the podcast and watch the movie, and then come back because we are probably going to give spoilers away. Oh, uh, there's a... 100% chance there will be spoilers. We haven't yet, but just but now is a good time to pause it. And so. go watch Supernova. Yes. So you can't be mad at us. And for those of you who are still with us who don't care, 
it's all right. It's not going to ruin your life if you get spoiled on this movie. So I wanted to address my uh, overall thought. Again, I missed the second H in the word thought, but uh, my notes still stand true. It's the... Given that this was at the end of a movie era that I believe threw caution to the wind whenever it came to scientific accuracy and they were moving into the realm of, oh, let's try to be somewhat scientifically real. They did a decent job at, you know, at having you suspend disbelief and not questioning the science behind it. Because like Colin and I are uh, Star Trek individuals and, uh, you know, it's like a Trekkies. Yeah. Trekkies. Uh, and like, I question everything, especially whenever there's, you know, continuity errors is like, um, for, uh, example in Voyager's episode of, um, oh my gosh, we just watched it time, uh, future's end, future's end, future's end. Part two, whenever uh, Balana and Chakotay are flying in the shuttle and they're transporting up that uh, moron and he gets locked in their transporter buffer because he's using some futuristic technology that Voyager can't combat with. And Voyager's like, I know, we'll transport the transport buffer and leave Chakotay and Balana to crash instead of just beaming the entire shuttle to the cargo hold. I don't know. Seems like a stupid decision on my part. Probably why Ensign Harry Kim is still Ensign Harry Kim. But nonetheless, uh, the uh, ability to suspend disbelief on uh, scientific accuracy was good. And uh, ultimately, I think with the uh, pivotal movie arc of it all, and spoiler alert, the whole ninth dimension being held within a third dimension uh, capsule uh, and then, you know, exploding and then 51 years later going to reach the earth is, you know, okay. I can suspend disbelief because what do I know about the ninth dimension and how it interacts with the third dimension? Yeah. Well, I think my first comment is I didn't, I did not appreciate the nudity. <laughs> yeah, it, it was kind of like up frontal. And, and it was like... Unnecessary. Not, un, yes, it was unnecessary. And I just didn't... From the trailer, I was not anticipating it. And so I was just like, I didn't appreciate it. Well, the trailer did have, you know, like some spicy, uh, you know, ness to it, yes, but, it, but you figured. did not expect, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. You know, it's like you see locker room, uh, uh, scenes where they're taking off their clothes and you don't, you know, expect anything, but Oh no, this isn't just a locker room scene. They're getting it on. Well, and also it's like, Oh, they have to get into these pods and let's just take all of our clothes off in front of everyone. And it's just like, yeah. Well, I think that has to do with a trans-dimensional drive. I know, but honestly, they could have had like little areas around the pods for privacy. Um, you, you know, it's like you're trying to make sense of it, which I, I love, but... <laughs> and they did need to show us, like the movie could have just shown from like the neck down. Yeah, yeah. well, and it's like in, you know, uh, uh, 
in real life versus movies, you know, that, you know, sheets are never like, you know, pulled up over you, you know, but nonetheless, they still make it a point in movies to, you know, have the sheet up. And I know at this time in the aughts, TV was not doing this. Smallville was not doing this. They had Kara, you know, from the neck up. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. I digress. But anyway, that was my first comment. But also, I cannot reconcile um, James Spader in this movie to how he looked on The Office. Uh, And I just can't. I mean, I know it's the same person. He sat. His voice sounds the same. But like, he looks so different. And if this had been my first encounter with him, I wouldn't like hate him so much. <laughs> well, I think now you can have a different appreciation for him. He was in the 90s. James Spader was great. Well, even in the 2000s, I'm, I'm very likable to Robert California's character on The Office. You know, uh, but him in Blacklist. I also feel like if he was in Boston Legal, which he was, <laughs> why am I saying that? I feel like he in Boston Legal oh, was fantastic. Him and William Shatner, oh, they were fantastic. When was that? Boston Legal, uh, early 2000s. Oh, did he look the same as in the movie? He started getting fatter. <laughs> That's rude. It's accurate. I know, I mean, but I'm I not saying he's say out of it. shape, but you know, it's like we grow into how we look later on in life. But you don't need to. Okay. Well, like we're, we're not vampires, okay? We're, we're not Edward and you know Bella, okay? Well, regardless, I wasn't going to say it. I was trying to be nice. Well, and you will get a lot of that from Colin, where I just you know uh, have word throw up from my thoughts. Miles already said that he looks like Jensen Ackles, but that's only because I said that when we were watching the movie. And then I guess you can can talk now. (laughs) Uh, So um, I... uh I, I caught on to the uh, hook in the story pretty early on that Carl was this younger guy because you expected him to be older, you know, given that the distress signal was sent for a moment that him and the lead female, uh, what's her name? In real life? No, I don't know. What, well, her real either one. Angela, Angela Bassett. But, Angela Bassett's but, character's, yeah. uh, you know, uh boyfriend historically but you expected him to be older but then you know whenever it was pretty early on that i started like oh this guy's a little weird and not just because you know he plays a vampire in a decade from then you know but um well eight years eight years yeah oh her name is kayla i think kayla yeah i thought that uh, it was like k something uh so one really thing that i just like could suspend disbelief was something simple. Like, you expect me to believe that you have trans-dimensional travel, that you're out in the middle of this, you have artificial gravity, that you, you know, go into these, um, and, like, um, uh, no-gravity pods and, you know, uh, get giddy with it. But you still keep medical documents handwritten on paper. I'm sorry, what? I didn't even notice that. 
Well, that just irritated the crap out of me. She's sitting there with a, you know, like, oh, okay, well, um, I'm just going to write this down. You know, is we've got all this technology around us, but medical documentation has to be paper. And uh, yeah, is um, oh, and speaking of the transdimensional drive, is the two things that I uh, you know wrote down dimension jump, which I addressed earlier. They do a good job, you know, in suspending disbelief for that because how am I supposed to know how it works? You know, it's theoretical. And then I wrote whitey tidies, comma boobies question mark. Just, we already talked about. That. I know that, but I'm just revisiting like because. Although the nudity happens earlier on, it continually happens, and you're just like, why? I know. I didn't like it. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, what, what else we got? <clears throat> well, at first I was kind of thinking, uh, I was just, like, disappointed. But then as we got towards, like, I guess maybe the last third of the movie, I thought... I was into it. I was invested in like how it ended. I was interested to see what happened and how it ended. And so it was kind of exciting, but before then kind of slow and just, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and you know, like there were scenes that, you know, I guess I just have a whole bunch of questions that I wrote down, like uh, how, uh, what was the, AGI's name, the computer's name, Sweetie. Sweetie. They had this uh, artificial intelligent computer, Sweetie, and you know uh, James Spader comes in, and this is towards the beginning of the movie. Whenever they are responding to the uh, distress call at the mining facility, and uh, Sweetie's like, "We don't have enough power. We're not going to make it." I'm sorry, but you know, to for James Spader to come in there and his character effectively pilot the ship whenever the computer says, we're going to die. It really undercuts my faith in you as a computer. Do you know who the computer reminded me of? Who? The computer from that future, that short track um, where the computer, where everybody oh, is Oh, yes, 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 and it's the future. I forgot her name, but... Uh, well, yeah. Sorry, I thought it started with... It was probably ripped off of this movie. I was thinking maybe they took that because she kind of sounded the same and... and um, Yeah, I'm thinking that too now. And that's what I thought of the whole time. She reminded me of that short track. Yeah, speaking of other inconsistencies, you know, I thought the... Med- and again, I suspended disbelief because the medical scanner looked really cool. You know what didn't look cool about it? Why? The tanning sunglasses. The tan? Oh, I thought those were. Go- oh, I thought they no, were like they, those were like like something you get at Tan and Tone America. You know, tanning sunglasses. <laughs> okay, like sure, you couldn't find a better prop. Okay, but I've never been to a tanning salon, so well, I, I haven't know. either. But I've seen them on those commercials, and you know, uh, like I don't know, I, I've definitely seen them though. That's funny. And um, my other comment that I have on here is the ending was sort of corny, but it kind of saved the movie because otherwise, if it had ended badly, I would have said this movie sucks. And, you know, I would have 
given it a lower score than I did. Ooh, which we'll I talk th- about that in a few minutes. Yeah, but, but uh, I think that uh, uh, one thing that I wrote uh, down is uh, you know about um, uh, you know during one of the ending scenes, uh, Jen. <laughs> Not Jensen Ackles. <laughs> uh, James Vader's character goes, oh, uh, you know, as I found this down below and makes the comment, uh, uh, you know, scavenging what the government leaves behind. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's true. You know, back then, today, in the future. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. So. What did you think about the ending? I was happy with the ending. I, um, I mean, you know, it doesn't question the fact that, you know, like in 51 years that explosion is going to reach earth, but I think it leaves it open. I like the idea that it was a possibility that it would, it would destroy earth or it would make humankind Uh, better. Yes. Yes. But also I thought that it was a solar system destroying device. I seem to remember that, but it doesn't matter. But I, I like the ending because it established, you know, that I it opened up the possibility, like maybe there will be a follow up movie, you know, <laughs> of like, you know, more saving miners and some. I don't know. Well, apparently, the ending was supposed to be darker, and they filmed multiple endings. Really? Oh, I have got to look those up. Yeah, but this, I'm glad they chose this because the movie was so, like, just, ugh, for the most part. And the ending was kind of sweet, so it saved yeah. it. Yeah, it, it was but. it was decent. So, I want to know what you rated it. So, we will be r- rating them with a grade and a percent within the grade. So I gave it a D. I gave it a 65%. <laughs> okay. You go now. So my initial rating was a 91. <laughs> okay. The the thing that really dragged it down was the unnecessary sex. And, you know, like just... I don't know. I felt that they did an excellent job of um, character establishment. The director of photography in this was absolutely awesome. The shots that they did during this movie were just, like, I mean, incredible. And it was, what, 2000 it came out? Yes. To think that they accomplished these types of shots. And l- let's take it over to Armageddon, which, you know, I think was, uh, was that before? Uh, supernova well regardless is uh compared to a movie like armageddon which armageddon was a you know blockbuster and had an enormous budget i uh but regardless they did an awesome job with all of the various shots and i was just i was impressed i liked the originality of the story and you know the really the drag down to me is the you know uh unnecessary of you know the sex angle and but other than that i thought the story was fantastic is note that uh while this you know gets an a 
is it is a low A. <laughs> um. So Armageddon was nineteen ninety eight. So they were probably working off the backdrop of Armageddon because, you know, like just the shots that they got in here were incredible. All right. Well, you, I had okay hopes from the trailer and then I was let down and I don't know. I just, I guess because we do watch Star Trek, I was thinking these people were not professional yeah. I don't care if they get the job done. They were not professional. And I just thought, you know, eh. it's well, not something I would probably rewatch. Yeah. Well, the, um, well, I say my initial grade was a 91. Mm-hmm. Is now that I've had it time to, to sink, I think it, you know, gets a, a drop about five to seven points. So 85. Okay. So I I enjoyed it, but anyways, is if you want to watch it, it is available on Pluto, Pluto, which is a free streaming app, and it has ads, but they're not really that intrusive. So if you don't want to rent it or purchase it, that's a free option. Yeah, but other than that, uh, we're going to continue making these podcasts and let us know if there's a movie you want to see. Or us to watch and review. Yeah. Um, let us know what you think if you watch the movie. Well, we'll see you. Hey, bye. Thanks for listening to You Ought to Watch This Movie, a podcast about movies from the first decade of the 2000s, a.k.a. the aughts. Be sure to subscribe for new episodes covering movies you ought to watch. We'll see you next time.